0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Pull up your uh, Psalm 110 verse three. Let's get in the word here today, Psalm 1103. I want to continue my message. Uh, I had a couple of messages entitled "The Cause and Effect." of revival. Today, I want to share a message about the effect of revival. Here's what I told you. You can't believe with the name of my message is today. The name of my message is the day of his power. I think it's awesome. <laughs> the day of his power. That's my message today. <laughs> the day of his power. So, so pastor, why is it awesome that on the day we lose power, you're preaching about the day of his power because we're reminded of what your life and my life looks like without the power of God. I want you to look around right now. I want you to think about, look at those doors. Look at these doors. See that light? That's what the power of God does for you. I want you to look inside here. This is what happens without power. So we're looking at this thing. We need to get this. I don't want to be a 10% lighted Christian. I want the full blaze on. Come on. Anybody want the fire? We don't need the embers. We need the fire. So today, we're talking about the effect of revival. And the effect of revival is this. Just uh, half the verse, Psalm 110.3. King James translation says, thy people, come on, who's here? Who's, who are his people today? Let me see your hand. All right. Thy people shall be willing in the day of your power. My people shall be willing in the day of your power. What is power in scripture? Power is, let me get my phone out so I don't get carried away and preach too long today. All right. We're good. All right. What is power in scripture? Power is a visitation from heaven. The power of God is when heaven touches earth. The power of God is supernatural. It's not man's power. It's not man's ability. It's not what we do, what we generate in our strength. But the Bible talks about a day of God's power. It's a day of sovereign visitation. It's what we're beginning to see around our nation. It's what we've been praying for. It's what God's wanting to do in my life individually. How many say in my life, I want to experience the power of God? How many of you in your home, you say, we want to have revival in our home? How many believe you can have revival in your children's school? How many believe we can have revival in the colleges around North Alabama? Revival in the marketplace of North Alabama? Revival in the government of North Alabama? I believe God is moving us into a day of His power. And there is an effect that happens when we see those things come about. So, So the day of His power is a day of sovereign visitation of God. Where God's power touches man. We we the, the Bible talks about this. It's what powers the New Testament. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. This is what Jesus said. The day of his power. We'll show you what one looks like. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. We read this. <clears throat> On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Someone say command. 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 Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you've heard me speak about. Now watch this. We're talking about the day of his power. You've heard my father speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They wanted to see earthly power. They wanted to see a new government. They wanted to see Jesus overthrow Rome. Can I tell you something? This is what Jesus said to them. Watch this. He says to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority. Look at verse 8. But you will receive what? Power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes on you and something happens and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I think we have the same problem today that they had then. When we talk about power, when we talk about change, when we talk about liberty, when we talk about something being better for us, we look to our government. We look to government. We need to stop looking to government and start looking to the government of heaven, the kingdom of God. Jesus said, you guys need to stop worrying who's the king over Israel, and you need to start praying that the power of God will fall on you. He says, I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to save you by an earthly man. I'm going to save you by visitation from heaven. Do we get that today? Do we understand that today? I'm going to vote. I'm going to follow politics. Now, sometimes the choices are pretty bad. How many heard what I just said? You, like it or lump it, you heard it. Sometimes our choices are really lean about who we're going to vote for, but I'm going to try to find something That most honors the word of God by what I vote for. Because if I don't vote, I'm leaving it to who knows who to decide what's part of this nation. But my confidence, so I'm a part. I listen. I study. I learn. I vote. I pray. I do what I'm supposed to do as a Christian citizen. Someone say Christian citizen. A Christian citizen. My Christianity's first. Christian citizen. I have a responsibility to be informed, to pray, to vote. But I'm going to tell you something. My confidence for a shift in this nation... It's not a new president or a new governor or a new senator or a new political party to come out of somewhere. My confidence for the hope of this nation is that the power of God will visit America and that God will shift us and change us. And if you're mad about politics, you need to get glad about God. You need to have enough faith in God to be excited about what the kingdom's doing. I can't hear you today. I can't see you. And if I can't hear you, I think I'm by myself right now. So I need to hear you today. All right. We need some people that say, God, let your power come. Let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So we, we need a revival. So he said, if you'll stay in Jerusalem, if you will wait, he says, I'm going to send power to you. Go to chapter 2 and verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Now, what does it look like when power comes out? What does it look like when heaven touches earth? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. And filled the whole house where they were sitting. See, there was a sovereign intervention of God. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, I want you to see all of them, all of them. God wants to baptize his church in the Holy Spirit again. God wants all of us to be full of the Holy Spirit. God wants to baptize our children in the Holy Spirit. God wants to baptize our students in the Holy Spirit. Grandma, God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Millennial, God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Gen Z, God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When power comes, the Holy Spirit is the agent that delivers the power of God. Anybody with me right now? So all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Revival, the day of His power, the moving of God on our lives. What is revival? Listen to this. We need. We say we want revival. Let 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 me ask you one more time. I think I can see how many in this house say, Pastor, I want a revival. I'm praying for revival. How many are praying to start it where you are? Yeah, this is what we need to do. Let's draw a little circle on the ground and step in and say, start a revival right here, God. Start a revival right here. If, if we mean that, let me let me give you a little bit here. You, the definition of revival is a return to spiritual health after a period of decline into sin and broken fellowship with God. Why does the church need a revival? Because there may be some places in our lives where we've broken our fellowship with the Lord. There may be some places in our lives where we loved Him more than we love Him today. You know what revival means? Revival means, Lord, I don't want there to ever be a day in my life where I loved you more than I love you right now. That's revival. Revival means, Lord, I don't want there to ever have been a day in my life where I was closer to you than I am right now. Are you still with me? I got quiet all of a sudden. God, that's revival. Revival means something was there that's not there right now. Something was living that's not living right now. Something needs to be revived in my life. And so I'm saying I'm not the person running around worrying about this other person. It's not I'm worried about what somebody else is doing. I'm saying, oh, God, I want you to come in my life. And God, I want you to revive every area of my life. Lord, if my love become cold, God, revive me. God, if I'm lukewarm, put me on fire again. If I've let life move me off my love for you, move me back on the altar, God. If I've forgotten how to pray, I want to pray again. When's the last time I wept over my lost family? When's the last time I wept over my condition? And God, I said, please, God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Please, God, don't let me grow cold. It is a stirring revival. Revival is the sovereign work of God in which he visits his own people and restores and releases them into the fullness of his spirit. God, I pray revival in every church in America. I pray, God, revival at Calvary. I'm willing. Anybody willing? God, revival at Calvary. When revival happens, the extraordinary, it's extraordinary thing. Say extraordinary. Have you ever looked at that word extraordinary? extraordinary. It's extraordinary. It's above ordinary. What revival does is shakes up ordinary. It moves ordinary. It's when we are so intent on being close to God that we say, God, you can have my schedule. Come on. Anybody listening to me right now? It's when I'll get up earlier and pray when I haven't been praying. It's when I'll do whatever you've asked me to do. You can have my schedule. Revival means I just need to let you know how I've been praying. I've given Calvary assembly to God. I've said, God, whatever you want to do with this church in a revival it's your church. Okay, I said, God, if you want us to come every day, we'll come every day. Okay, I, thank you. I said, God, if you want us to pray all night, we'll pray all night. God, if you want to change the service, change the service. If you want to shift something, shift something, God. It's yours. This is your place. It's not our place, God. We don't want to be ordinary. We want to be extraordinary. A revival is extraordinary. What does that mean? It shakes up the ordinary. Uh, there's there's an extraordinary movement of God in the in the hearts of God's people. It produces extraordinary results. Our prayer becomes extraordinary. Our our conviction becomes extraordinary. Our repentance becomes extraordinary. Our love for God becomes extraordinary. Come on, listen, church. Our unity becomes extraordinary. Our, our Worship becomes extraordinary. See, I kind of like today. I'm preaching on the power of God, and the devil tried to take our power away, and all he did was make us appreciate more what it's like to have the power of God. (laughs) Our witness becomes extraordinary. Our spiritual awakening becomes extraordinary. See, when God begins to do that in the house, let me me read something heavy. You want to know what awakening is like? How many want to know what awakening is like? See, if the church gets revived, the nation gets shook up. This is what begins to happen. What would happen if this Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, came so greatly on America? That what I read here from, from some previous awakenings, listen to this. It says, when men in the streets are afraid to open their mouths and utter godless words, lest the judgment of God should fall. The man in the street." When sinners, overawed by the presence of God, tremble in the street and cry for mercy. When without special meetings and sensational advertising, the Holy Ghost sweeps across cities and towns in supernatural power and holds men in the grip of terrifying conviction. When every shop becomes a pulpit, every heart Becomes an altar. Every home becomes a sanctuary. And people walk softly before God. That is an awakening. Come on, somebody say God. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. But I gotta tell you something. The phrase, the, 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 the scripture I read, the sentence I read says, uh, th- your people become willing in the day of your power. I think we've talked about The power, let's take a minute and talk about the willing. See, it's an effect. The effect of revival, the effect of the power in your life. When there's a Holy Ghost power encounter, it changes the will in my life. I become a willing person. I looked up that word willing. It's an Old Testament passage. So I was studying the Hebrew words there, and it was fascinating to me this word used here. In the day of your power, your people become willing. When we have an encounter with the presence of God, something shifts in us. We become willing where we were unwilling before. We become surrendered where we were unsurrendered before. The word willing here is used 80% of the time in the Old Testament for a free will offering. It was the only offering God gave Israel As they would come into his presence. There was a sin offering. There was a burnt offering. There were offerings in the morning, in the evening. All these mandated offerings. But there was one offering. One offering. That didn't have a reason or a cause. There was one offering that they didn't have to give. There was one offering that wasn't connected to a day of the week. There was one offering that wasn't a part of a festival. It was a free will offering. It's when somebody said, you know, God's been so good to me. You know, God's been so faithful to me. You know, my home has been blessed by God. You know, God's brought me a long way from where I was. Anybody with me today? You know, I remember what it was like before I met Jesus. I remember what it was like when I woke up on Sunday morning with a hangover. I remember what it was like when I spent my paycheck before I bought food for my family. I remember what it was like in those days where I was bound by guilt and shame. But you brought me a long way, Lord. You set me free. You rescued me. You've taken me from where I was. I remember I'm the first person in my family... To get a college degree. I make more money right now than my family made in 10 years. But God, you did that for me. You brought me along. You put me together. You gave me a wife I didn't deserve. You gave me a husband I never thought I would have. You blessed me in every way. And so I want to come to you today, God, and just give you a free will offering. I just want to give you something not because I have to, but because I want to. Because you deserve it. Because you're worthy. Because there's no one like you. I just want to come say, oh God, if you never do anything else for me, I'm going to thank you. If I never see it again, I'm going to thank you. I just want to give an offering. I just want to say thank you, God. I just want to say today I don't have to have a Sunday. I don't need to have a holiday. I just have a day to say a free will offering. And this is the free will offering. Me. Me. I'm the one on the altar. It's not my money. It's not my stuff. Do you think God needs my money? Do you think God needs anything I have? He just says, George, will you be the offering? Will you come? Not because you have to. Listen, not because you're afraid of hell. Come on, anybody with me today? Not because you're afraid of getting caught, but because you just love me, God. Here's my life. Here's my life. Here's my life. And God, if I've been off the altar, how many listening to me right now? God, if I've been off the altar, I'm stepping back up on that altar today because you deserve more than a Sunday. You deserve more than a tip. You deserve more than a little this or that. God, here I am. I'm back on the altar with you today. See, you become willing. You become willing. You become a free will offering. You become willing. What makes that happen to us? We have to encounter the power of God. We don't generate that in our own ability. you understand that? Guilt, shame, legalism, and religion won't do that for you. But the power of God will transform your heart. The power of God will cause you to look one more time and say, What in the world am I doing? Why am I holding back? What am I waiting for? What am I looking for? What am I, what do I think is going to make my life work? Only you, Lord. I'm a free will offer. You deserve my best. You deserve everything I have, God. And so let me just, let me give you a couple of things here. We're we're going to pray. See, when when I thought about a transformation, the effect of revival, someone in the Bible that was radically changed because they encountered the power of God, I thought about Peter. (laughs) You know, Peter, uh, knew the Lord, walked with Jesus. But how many understand Peter was struggling sometimes? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so pastor, what do you mean? Well, let me go to Matthew 16, verse 21. Look at this just, just for a moment. A couple of things. And I think we need to, we need to get on the altar today. Come on. Anybody with me today? How many want to say, pastor, I, I, Matthew 16, turn there. I want to make sure before I walk out of this house that I'm on the altar, that my life is a free will offering to my holy God my mighty God. Matthew 16. See, we've been here. I want to help you with something. Me, you, me, your pastor, we all, we can relate to some of the unwillingness in Peter's life. Do you know that sometimes we've all been unwilling? How many are listening to me today? Say, what do you mean, pastor? I didn't say you didn't love the Lord. I didn't say you don't go to church, but there are times we're not willing to do what we ought to do. What is the anecdote for that? An encounter with the power of God. An encounter with God's presence. See, see, see. Watch this. Matthew sixteen, verse twenty-one. Here, uh, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. So, he made it very clear. He said, "Guys, this is what's next. This is where we're headed. You need to understand." But watch this. <laughs> Twenty, verse twenty-two. Peter took him aside. And began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, look at this. I I don't want to hear this. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, that's a bad day. Come on. That's a bad day in the life of a follower of Jesus. When the Lord looks at you and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, why? You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God. Why would Peter... Tell Jesus you can't go to the cross. Why would Peter say, I'm not willing to let you do that? Right here he says, he says, you have in mind, you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. He said, you're not willing. You're not willing to go to the cross. And then look what Jesus says. Then Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Did we read that? Do you know that still works in 2023? That's a revival verse. Come on. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good would it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What was Peter's problem? Peter wanted Jesus, but he didn't want the cross. Are you with me? He wanted Jesus, but he didn't want the cross. He wasn't willing to go that far. He was willing to hang out with Jesus. He was willing to watch Jesus do his thing. He was willing to marvel at the miracles. He was willing to to see the crowds. He was willing to help. He was willing to serve along the edges. But when it came time to go to the cross, Peter wasn't willing to go to the cross. He said, I just don't want to go. Why? Because he didn't have the things of God in his mind. He was following Jesus, but his mind was set on this world. He was following Jesus, but he was full of this life. See, he wasn't willing to go to the cross, Pastor. What do you mean? What does that look like? Well, it means for us, if we're not willing to go to the cross, just like Peter, that it's all about right here. It's all about right now. I'm not willing to go to the cross today to get what God wants for me tomorrow. I'm not willing to let go of this thing that's standing between me and Jesus. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold on to this stuff. I'm going to play on the edges. I'm going to walk on the fence. I'm, I'm going to live my life for here, for now, for earth, for comfort. It's about me. It's not about the cross. It's where Peter was. He wasn't willing. He wasn't willing. And Jesus says, that's a stumbling block. But then we come to this next, and stay with me, where, where he made a promise that he wasn't willing to keep. You don't have to raise your hands. Have you ever made a promise to God? And you backed up on it. Everybody in this room has. Have you ever promised God, "I'm going to do this," and you didn't do it? God, I make a vow and I didn't keep it. You remember uh, at the Last Supper, Jesus has spoken to them and He gathered them. Actually, they were in the garden when this conversation took place, and He says, "One of you is going to betray me. One of you is going to is, is going to betray me." And they all said, "Oh Lord, not I, not I." Jesus said, "He." Then He said, "All of you are going to leave tonight." And Peter says, Lord, <laughs> he goes, if everybody leaves you, Jesus, not this boy, you count on me. In fact, he said, Lord, not only am I not going to betray you and leave you, I'll die for you. And Jesus said, well, big boy, rooster's going to crow in a little while. Before that day hits, you're going to deny me three times. Every one of us has have a moment. Come on, I want to encourage you with this. Where he made a vow to God and walked off from it. There's probably not a person in a church this Sunday morning that hasn't made a promise that they backed up on. We've come to these altars in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. See, listen to me. When do you make these promises? They were under the presence of God. They were in those moments of power encounter. And then when we allow that power and that presence to slip out of our life, what happens to us? We're not willing to keep that promise. But I have some good news for you today, that if you will restore and realign and come back into the presence of God, you'll not only be able to do what you promised, you'll do more than you were able to promise. You'll come back and God will restore that. See, there's some things we're not willing to do. We don't want the cross sometimes. We want the benefits, but not the cross. We make a promise, but we can't keep it. And then what did Peter do? He follows Jesus, but... What the Bible says at a distance into the courtyard of the high priest. And what does he do? He wasn't willing to stand up for Jesus. He reached that place and the little servant girl said, you're one of them. No, I'm not. The Another one said, you're one of them. He said, I don't even know who you're talking about. Have you ever been at work where God planted you to bless you and anoint you? And prosper you. Anybody listening to your pastor today? And use you as a mighty woman or man of God. And we got to the moment. And the conversation came around. And it's like somebody lobbed you up a softball. I mean, you're going to hit that baby out of the park. Come on, how you know what I'm talking about? Okay, let me think of another illustration. I can, From what I can hear, that didn't work. The moment was there. But you weren't willing to stand. The opportunity came. The conversation was going. And you know, this is my moment. And we walked off. Peter denied him. And the Bible says he went out and he wept bitterly. He wasn't willing to stand. He was unwilling. Finally, John 20. I've got these verses, but it's hard to read. Let me just give them to you. John 20. Peter says to six of the disciples, he said, you know what? Jesus died on the cross. We saw him raised from the dead, but man, I don't know what's coming. I'm going to go back and fish again. He wasn't willing to trust God. He was going to go back to the old way. Maybe some of you listening to me now are on the verge of turning back to where you were. Maybe you're not trusting him. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe it didn't happen the way you want it to happen. Maybe the healing hasn't happened yet. Maybe the promotion hasn't come yet. Maybe the answer hasn't come yet. And and maybe Mr. Wright hasn't come yet, or maybe Mrs. Wright hasn't come yet. And you're about to go back and get on e-harmony again. Listen to me right now. <laughs> Listen to me right now. Uh, you, you need to trust God. You don't need to go back to where you were. You don't need to go back to what you did before. Some of you right now are thinking about making a phone call you don't need to make. Some of you are thinking about touching base. You're about to hit someone up. You haven't needed to hit up in a while. Somebody in here right now is about to... Holler, and you don't need to holler at anybody, but get on your knees and holler to the Lord. There's always something back there when you don't trust him that says, come on back where we were. Come on back where we were. I know he called you to, to make fishers of men, uh, but but let's go back and do what we did. See, Peter wasn't willing to trust God, but there came a day. Come on, somebody say, there came a day of power. Where old waffling, unwilling Peter was in an upper room. We read about it a little while ago. And the power of God came on his life. And this unwilling man became willing. This man who blew it became anointed. This man who thought it would never happen again stood up. The Bible says, someone say, stand up. He stood up and began to preach in the place he denied Jesus, in the place he failed Jesus, in front of the disciples that he had he had almost led astray. I want to tell you today, one encounter with the power of God One move into the presence of God. One encounter again. One baptism in the Holy Spirit again. Come on. One fresh anointing of God. And where you're unwilling, you become willing again. Can I tell us today, the anecdote for backsliding and the anointing for revival is found in the presence of God. When we come back around again and say, oh God. Oh, God, I'm an altar. I'm willing. I'm a willing sacrifice, God. I pray for your anointing to rest on my life. Come on. I want you to stand with me today. Everyone, please, let's stand together. Let's stand together in this moment. We're so early, you don't know what to do with yourself on Sunday. Just stay with me right now. I believe God has an encounter ready for us today. And I want to ask you today, how hungry are you? We're not going to have the, the really super great, You know, all the instruments, all the music, all the stuff. How many can pray without a without some worship music in your in your airpod? How many can how many can call on the Lord without the atmosphere being perfect? Come on, I want to know. Anybody here want an encounter with the power of God? I believe God's about to visit us in this place today. I believe God is about to visit us. I'm telling you, there's some struggles you're having, and the only way to get out of that struggle is the power of God in your life. There's somebody that needs you out there. Listen to me, and you're not going to be willing unless the power of God is on your life. There's some people whose names you're going to write on these cards, and a moment's going to come around, but if I'm not walking in the presence of God, I may be unwilling when that moment comes in my life. Guys, I want us to step on the altar today. I want us to say Jesus, you've been good to me. So begin to anybody who's been good today. Has he been good to us today? Has he been faithful to us today? Has he been better than we deserved? Has he been mighty? I'm going to tell you something today. You're one anointing away from the best season of your life. You're one outpouring away from breaking out of those places. I'm going to tell you where you failed, you're going to succeed if the power of God comes on your life. How many listening to me today? You don't have to leave and change your atmosphere and go somewhere else. God, he can raise Peter up in Jerusalem. He can raise us up in North Alabama. If he can raise him up there, he can raise you up at work. He can raise you up at home. He can raise you up in your school. He can raise us up wherever we are. Guys, I believe it's time. For a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. God, I want to be willing in the day of your power. But let me reverse it this way. In the day of his power, we will become willing. In the day of his power, we will become willing. And so right where we are, I want us to lift our hands and begin to pray. Will you do that? Will you begin to call on the Lord? Come on guys, if you want to, whatever you want to do is fine. But let's call on the Lord. God, I call on you right now. God, I call on you right now. Come on, let's set something new today at Calvary. Let's break through a barrier right now. Let's begin to call on the name of the Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I call on you today. God, I call on you today. I call on you today. I cry out to you today. Come on, is anybody hungry today? Is anybody willing to say, God, I want your power. I want a fresh anointing of your power. I want a fresh outpouring of your power. If you want to come forward and stand at this altar and say, God, today, today I'm yours. Today I step on the altar. Today I'm I'm free will. Today I'm saying, God, I want to be that free will offering. I want to be that offering that didn't have to come. I want to be that offering that wasn't forced to do. You didn't mandate it. Religion didn't say it. and, And legalism didn't say it. But my heart cried out and said, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. God, here I am. Here I am, God. I just come. I just come because I love you. I just come because I'm hungry. I just come because, God, you can make me willing when I've been unwilling. You can change me, God. You can break the temptation. You can break the fear. You can break the timidity. You can break the stronghold of my life, God. I just come to you today. I come to you today, Lord. I come to you today, God. Just for you here now. Lord, my life, my heart. Come on, church. We've got a little time. Let's press in. We've got a moment here. Let's call on the Lord. It's the day of his power. It's the day of his power. It's the day of his power. Lord, let your power come right now. Lord, release your power right now. Demonstrate your power right now, God release your power right now demonstrate your power god release your power god manifest your power god we are hungry for you jesus we are thirsty for you jesus we say holy spirit come holy spirit come you're the answer for everything we're lacking you're the strength where we're weak you're the you're the grace where we've fallen you're the restorer god You lift up those who broke promises. You give second chances to those who betrayed you. God, you don't run from us. You run to us. God, for the betrayer, restore them today. For the denier, restore them today. Lord God, we come to you and we say we're hungry. We're thirsty. We're starving. We want you, God. We want revival at Calvary. We want a day of your power, God. Not just one day, but a season, a time a movie and we're crying out to you today we're crying out to you today <clears throat> we are calling on the lord today hallelujah 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 we are calling on the lord we're presenting ourselves lord we are free will offering god we come to you today and say god here's our heart here's our life here's who we are Here's what we have. We give it all to you today, Jesus. Stir the fire. God, we build an altar. Send the fire today. Right now, God, send the fire. Send the fire. Send the fire. God, send the fire. Send the fire right now. Come on. Let's believe the Lord. God, send the fire to us today. Send the fire to us today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.